Hi guys, this is Sid Patel, your host, CEO of Beverage Trade Network and London Spirits Competition. I'm here with Luca. Luca's the bar manager at the Gong here, which is the bar on, I think, the 55th floor? 52nd. 52nd floor at the Shangri-La, one of the prestigious bars of London. And we're going to talk about bar management today. Luca, thanks for having me here. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Why don't you uh, introduce you know, yourself, uh, uh, give us a little context about how you started in the bar business and yeah. you know, how you ended up here. So uh, I started like in the bar uh, industry back in Italy. Uh, I think it's almost now 15 years ago. Um, my approach was initially with the cocktail bars. So of course, as a bartender, nice. um, I remember that I joined uh, since the beginning the Italian Association because I just want to make sure they have the I was going in the right direction with the with the good knowledge and everything. Uh, and that was in Italy. Back in Italy, yeah. Okay. Um, I then after a couple of experience in a cocktail bar, I felt that probably my uh, probably my direction was more for five star hotel or luxury hotels. Okay. So and since then, I never changed. Nice. Uh, I've done also a very good experience in Florence in Italy for three years, mm-hmm. and then moved to London in uh, 2014. So now is actually three years, uh, sorry, eight years since I'm So you have a lot of experience in operating uh, uh, bars in hotels and the luxury hotels. hotels. Yeah, hotels, yeah, many hotels. So I mean, now it's, uh, yeah, probably say 12, 13 years in uh, in hotel. So Uh five-star hotel. And of course, London, uh, it's definitely a very good school for that because you have such an important establishment uh, as a five-star luxury hotel. They are well-known all around the world. And uh, the cocktail bar uh, of this hotel, I mean, you will probably expect something not really busy because it's just like for the hotel resident, but actually it's the opposite. Oh, yeah. uh, they well, are busy. Come. Yeah, there's like a vibe, uh, a great vibe because you have also people um, external. I Got mean, it. guests that, that they come, they're regular or maybe they're coming since 20 years. Wow. Yeah, and uh, they just spread the word and it's, it's great. It's nice. great. So we're just sitting, you know, right behind me is the Tower Bridge, you know, amazing location. I, I believe this... Uh, is also a tourist spot, right? I saw a lot of uh, people lining up yeah, uh, yeah. for the viewing deck, and luckily Luca has set up a beautiful room here. Yeah, you know, uh, I appreciate that. I think uh, one of the main uh, reasons why I'm here is to really, you know, get to this experience from Luca over to you guys. So back on the bar manager uh, side of things, right? Yeah. Who is a good bad, uh, bar manager, uh, Luca? You know, if you had to define a great bar manager, who would that be? I think a great bar manager, uh, of course, I mean, uh, I'm still like uh, learning, I think, like everyone. And uh, but for what I can see from my past, from my mentor, but also from the, my colleague or friends that they are like uh, more like covering this position since uh, uh-huh. more years than me, is um, it's not just like... Uh, person that manages it like a department and maybe make sure that you of course read the budget you make like uh, the profit but especially right now after what's happened like globally is more about like also taking care of your uh, of your team of your colleagues and the staff Uh, because i think uh you know the bar is like an engine and uh you know um the team uh, uh, if it's not performing because maybe it's not, you know, looked after by the management, sure. also they don't feel like inspired and motivated, it's not gonna, this engine is not gonna work. Of course, I mean, you can be in a place where you always have like a constant like volume of people, yeah. uh, for example, as we are because of the location. So we are famous and we always have like people coming, yeah. but we always want to make sure that also the service we provide is not just a one-off. So the people, they just come here just merely for the view, but the people they come here 
for the overall experience, mm -hmm. the quality of the service, the, of course, the location, um, the food, the drinks, uh, the environment, everything. So just not for, just mainly for the What viewer. has changed, uh, you know, before COVID and after COVID, especially personally, I would I would say that for me, I have to take a lot of empathetic approach now. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, people have a lot of options. So, you know, it's literally uh, like, they are the priority, you know, and, and as, as I said, like asking for extra hours, asking for high pressure work uh, is becoming a challenge these days. Yeah. You know, I, and I, in all honesty, I also think at the same time, uh, people are becoming a little softer. Yeah. So how are you uh, adapting to this new approach of managing people? So I believe the now most important is uh, the staff retention. Okay. Correct. So yeah, staff retention yeah. has become like the priority. Um, because, of course, we always like recruiting uh, people and we need to make sure that we recruit people, yeah. that they come here because they believe in the project. Okay. Sure. But now, um, retaining your staff, uh, make sure that we, when they come to work, uh, they just not come, you know, to for their shift, uh, but also they enjoy, but also yeah. because there's still people that they still have like maybe some they're struggling or they have like some issue uh, r still related to what's happened like uh, you know globally uh, or maybe they have uh, uh, you know their partners uh, they live with they lost their job they still couldn't find the job um, so we just need to feel like a little bit more like as you said empathetic and try to sometimes like sit down or take them on a side and then understand if they need something have you from noticed us. uh that they, a lot of people just come now let me go and check it out let me just see how it is right uh how do you evaluate uh to make sure that the seriousness is there because that's what i'm seeing yeah. pretty much all across all industries right yeah where it's more like, let me go and check it out. Let, yeah. Let's just see, you know, if it, I like it, sort yeah, of thing. It how do you qualify? How do you, what kind of questions are you asking? What is your interview process? So my interview process is first of all, if when someone approach, I mean, uh, us or at least like a, um, apply for a, for a job, for a position. Uh, of course, I mean, I go through like a little bit of like the background, but my question is uh, why Gong and why Shangri-La? Uh -huh. And uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not like uh, afraid to say that a couple of times happened that people apply uh, for a position uh, with us. They didn't know anything I, about Gong. I, I know. They didn't know anything about Shangri-La. And for me, it's like, okay, so why did you apply then? True. Um, because honestly, in my career, I always uh, apply for position for places where probably I feel like inspired or yeah. I, I really want to be part of, uh, of this like project of this place. Of course, money has been always important, but it's been not the first, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, all my priority when I was looking for a job. And I can see that this is now the change also in the market. Yeah. This uh, probably younger generation that they approach hospitality now, they, f they approach more like a job for the money. Correct. And then maybe the project or the venue, whatever. But they, uh, during the interview process, I can see that probably the first or the second question they make how is, uh, what's the salary package? Agreed. Rather than uh, maybe, okay, so how do you operate? Can I ask you more? What's the, you know, like your project or the plan or whatever. I remember that when I was like uh, young, 
I wanted to know, okay, what's, what's the direction that the bar or the venue wants to, to take? Uh, or, I mean, what's the vision? Yeah. I, I don't see any more this kind of question from the people when they apply. It's more about, okay, what's the salary package? Or, so can you tell me uh, if, uh, do you work until late in the night? Uh, yeah. uh, or the shift just because they probably wants to just focus on their quality uh, of life and maybe balance work life, which is absolutely fair because this is also something that uh, is one of my priorities for my staff. Yeah. Make sure that they have a very good balance between work and life. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if you just come here for doing your shift yeah. and not, you don't take a little bit of more of ownership uh, of the place and yeah. the concept. I mean, it's not, I don't think in the long term, probably yeah. for these people, but also for, uh, for, for us, uh, it's yeah. going to be very difficult, you know, to Absolutely. build. Uh, yeah, it's something. difficult to manage uh, people who you can't be relying on, right? Yeah. Uh, what are your metrics? Like, how are you measured on uh, what kind of things you have to hit and who do you report to? Okay, so... Um, Reporting, I'm reporting to my to my bar director. Okay, okay. I have a bar director, and then of course like uh, an FMB director. Um, in terms of like um, recruitment, uh, of course we have some guidelines uh, and also some questions that we we make during the interview process. You so know. I, I meant uh, like oh, for the bar manager role. Ah, for so, the bar manager. Uh, when you are discussing with your bar director, yes. How is Luca being judged on his work? You know, what is your performance criteria? Yeah. So as uh, we have different like criteria, of course, so when we do like an annual uh, review, okay, okay, that is like, of course, with my line manager, who is like my bar director. Um, of course, we have uh, some criteria which are based on not just like uh, the performance of the department in terms of like, for example, like budget, uh, I mean, from the financial point of view, but also um, with, um, uh, I mean, this is like for us as a Shangri-La, based on the performance of the department for the uh, courses or training assigned by our head office. So throughout the year, uh, our head office as a matter of uh, development and also training for the staff, they assign some courses like online. That Which we, you have to do? Yes, to that we staff. have to do and we have a specific de deadline for, for that. Right? Okay, um, Because also they want to make sure that the staff is uh, constantly like updated, but also like train on uh, matters, something, for example, GDPR, which is really, really important, or uh, uh, how to handle complain. Uh, so all uh, these training modules are one of the main parts that you're passing a, it on. Yeah, because of course, as a uh, manager of the department, yeah. as head of the department, I need to make sure that the team uh, is like, uh, um, has been assigned these courses, but also they complete them by the deadline. Uh -huh. And also maybe they pass like, um, you know, like with the minimum score. Otherwise, of course, if they require some assistance or maybe they require like uh, an extra training yeah. on, on this like matter I need to make sure that so I guess you guys provided. use uh, that training modules to find gaps in people and in skills and then yeah. you retrain them on yeah. those things and, but, and I guess that modules also act as a standard operating procedure yeah. then yes absolutely uh, of course like all our modules they start from our standard operating procedure and then of course they go and touch like more in detail can you give us an examples of some modules please? uh we have one that we done recently uh actually some modules we do every year as a refresh okay, okay. um for example like uh, guest complain uh, how to handle like a complaint of course this is more for the junior management and the management so i'm talking about from the supervisor assistant manager and manager because of course uh, 
This is something that uh, you learn also mainly with experience, how True. to handle a complaint, True. how to handle like a, a situation where the guest is uh, disappointed. Yeah. But of course, at the same time, there are some guidelines mm -hmm. um, and also some step to take depending on how is uh, going like the, the situation. Got it. Um, another one, um, I mean, this is one of the most important, yep. is the food safety, uh, food hygiene. So, and also the health and safety like training, uh, fire uh, training Understood. that we do not just in person uh, as a refresh with our um, uh, security department, yep. but also we watch uh, like a video where we refresh the procedure. Got it. Uh, also, who is who in the hotel in case of like a fire evacuation. Okay. So this kind of like training. So these are, I think, the core training that we have to repeat every year. Okay. Plus we have additional training that every year, uh, they might be different, how our head office assigned. Depending on the, on the industry. Yeah. yeah, for example, I mean, as soon as we had to, unfortunately, close the hotel due to the pandemic after mm -hmm. the first lockdown, of course, uh, uh, majority of the training for the first six months, but also for the first year, I mean, 2020, were focused on COVID-related uh, uh, procedure protocols, uh, hygiene, cleaning, how to also um, uh, operate, uh, for example, how to wear the face mask that we have from the company, yeah. uh, service of the food, what they were the procedure, all the standards, all the, all the basically the guidelines that were being revised uh, according to that. And this is uh, more on the employee portals, like it's not a public information, I believe, right? That where people can learn. It's just for your staff. It's just for the staff it, because the, it's behind the. Uh, it's uh, for Shangri-La staff, right? Yeah. People cannot just go and find this. No, no, no. This is just internal. Got and um, and of course, um, I have to say that Shangri-La has been always like a very cautious in terms of like approach for the Understood. for this like a guideline. Eh? Uh, we are despite like the ease of the restriction, uh, we are still wearing the mask during the service. Yeah, you were the only one who checked the temperature. To be yeah. honest, exactly. still, yeah. yeah. So, so um, uh, we're gonna continue with the temperature check, but officially from Monday. Yeah. Um, which is also quite, I would say, exciting because I even don't remember. How, is, how it is like working without mask. Yeah. <laughs> but from Monday, we next week we're gonna stop wearing mask during the uh, the, the service. However, uh, we will still have a mask uh, with us during the service in case some guests uh, that will join us or they will come wearing the face mask. We will have to wear the mask That's as well. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the safety uh, and the well-being of our guests and also of our staff yeah. has been uh, paramount since uh, since you know since the beginning of like uh, of the the pandemic Got it. and i think also we will always maintain this approach as a Shangri-La, yeah. uh, not just in London, but of course uh, we are, uh, a majority of our properties are in Asia. Yeah. So, uh, but I believe this is also has been like a very successful uh, strategy, but also approach uh, for Shangri-La. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why when we reopened last year, yeah. uh, 2021, after the last lockdown, we have been very busy and also we received very good feedback because I think the guests when they came here, they also felt safe. Mm. Super. So back on the uh, the metrics part, right? Uh, you said uh, training was one part. What about uh, profitability? What about wastage? What about uh, sales? What other things you have you are being judged on? So yeah, of course uh, the 
PNL, so the profit and loss every month, both so in the end of the year is one of the one of the points. Um, in terms of wastage, well, of course, uh, we always need to monitor uh, the wastage, and uh, I'm doing it every week uh, together with my ad bartender. So we record everything, we record in the system, so I can see also every month uh, okay. what's the you know uh, the the total amount like for the for the wastage for the beverage, um, and also of course like. Uh, one of like uh, the most important let's say point is the the monthly budget uh, and also of course in the end of the year like uh, the final budget but not just like also the final budget but also we have the average spend per person which is one of our like uh, criteria meaning if you had five staff that per person or the customers no no just literally the, oh, um, oh, the average spend of the per person average bill average bill per Got person it. yes yeah, yeah. Uh, which of course we have a, a, like a something uh, in, in the budget and also in the forecast yeah and then of course if the end of the year the average spend per person has been eaten or, or even more of course this is uh, definitely a positive what, point. what are some tactics you've used uh, previously that has helped drive uh, that average spend per person? Uh, this has been a strategy that together with my bar director, we've been, we put in place since uh, we came back from the first lockdown, so in 2020. So, um, and it's still working right now. Um, I think um, when you provide like a service uh, uh, with high standard, but also when the people can see that, as I said before, they're not just coming here for the view, but also all the things that surround their experience, they yeah. are high quality, uh, they probably feel more like looked after and they tend to spend more. When uh, I remember when we started in 2020, um, we saw like a difference in the, in, the, in the market. So the people probably they were going out less, of course, because there were still the restriction. But when they were going out, they were spending more, probably because they wanted to enjoy more. And I can still see now that maybe they're going out maybe twice a week, but when they go, they spend. Mm. And of course, we want we want this because it's good for us because it means that maybe we can do the same revenue with less people mm. compared to what we were doing before, okay, with more people. Mm. Uh, by the same time, this helps us to just enhance the experience, have, receiving more positive feedback from our guests. And for example, yesterday uh, uh, in the afternoon, I was quite busy. By the same time, I had the opportunity to, to keep uh, some guests uh, staying longer than what in theory they could do um, because they were enjoying. And in the end, you know, they spend a, a very good amount of money because yeah. they really enjoyed the food, the drinks, they were laughing, yeah. the atmosphere. They also saw the bar from the daytime to the sunset. So right. you see also the, you know, the view of the yeah, city yeah, changing. Yeah. So it's an experience. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is like oh, this whole point that contributes, you know, to increase so, the average spend. So I think to you, uh, obviously, it's obvious, but it's hard to put in practice, which is uh, good service increases sales. Yeah, good service and also good uh, training and, of course, knowledge from the team. Okay. Because also, if you, um, if I don't put pressure on them in terms of like volume, for example, if I reduce a little bit at some point the amount of covers, uh, my team... Uh, feel a little bit more relaxed rather than constantly having people coming. Like this, they can spend more time with the guest, talking, interacting, engaging, and upselling. So do you have any of that sort of things where you tell your team that, 
you have to talk two times to this guest. We have some standard, of okay. course, because we, uh, of course, we are part of the Forbes standard. Yeah. So we have some uh, uh, specific standard we need to follow, okay, for the for our operation. Also, in can, order. Can you break break us through? Like, what is a good service? What are those? well, according to the Forbes standard, for example, um, as soon as the guest has been accommodated by the host to a table, okay, we have one minute to greet them, so the waiter or the supervisor, to greet them physically on the table, explain them the menu, uh, so the food, the cocktails, the non-alcoholic option. And this one, it needs to be done within one minute since they've been sat at the table. Got it. Um, from the moment they order, for example, a cocktail, uh, from the time they order the cocktail until the moment that we serve the cocktail physically to the table, should be no more than four minutes. That's it, huh? Yeah, which is... Um, very challenging when we are uh, uh, in a busy operation. Uh, of course, sometimes it's very difficult to do that. So the best things to do is just to advise the guest that maybe it's a moment of uh, busy operation. So we just kindly advise them that probably the cocktail might take a little bit more because of the because of the busy uh, moment. Um, but yeah, they, they are very strict. W- what are the, uh, the like the no's? Like you know that or you just you know missed it like delay of delivering a cocktail is one for example yeah because of course um when the bar for example is full uh, uh, like full capacity means that i have uh, almost 100 people sitting in in once and of course my bartender because um the bar is not that big so i have only two bartenders working um of course as long as they are faster True. But... I, I, just on that i've noticed one t- one thing like personally when there is so much line I want to order, but I just like, oh, forget it, you know? Uh, how do you like manage like quickly, like please go from here, you know, or something like that? It's hard to say, but how do you So do um, it? when we, how can I say, um, we have um, our, uh, our team has been like uh, uh, trained to, when the guest wants to order uh, drinks, uh, of course they take the order and they post in the system. However, if they see that at the same time, maybe other colleagues are posting orders in order to not overwhelm the, the bartender, maybe they just wait a few seconds. So at least they can just like uh, spread, uh, you know, uh, the orders a little bit more than having maybe five orders at the same time. Then of course it's in very difficult for the bartender or even impossible to deliver in the the time required by our standard. Um, So you have two bartenders, for example, two bar stations. Yes. Uh, What is the maximum pending orders you would keep for cocktails? Let's say like eight, four per person maximum, you think? Well, um, like in in the pending waiting list. Well, let's say... Like in one order, for example. One but, one bar uh, station, one bartender. Yes. Uh, as you said, like you don't want you don't want to punch in more till yeah. that line. So is it that max four you you're trying to keep? No. Well, I'm trying. To, well, it depends because, uh, for example, if we have like an order that is for four people or more, they just together the two bartender oh. they do like that one. Okay. So they receive the ticket. Of course, they just they just split like the orders together. But if they have a, an order for a big tables, they do together yeah. because of course uh, uh, also as required by our standard we just want to make sure that an order for one table is delivered true you have to see the table not yeah no no no. we don't we don't split understood uh what about you know uh, on the bar operations uh you know how does your morning shift look like uh preparation what i mean by that you know what what are what does your day look like let's say first thing what you do is go to your computer check your inventory or walk us through your day and then your your staff comes in you know how, how do you prep 
them and yeah. so on. And then obviously Absolutely. the show starts. Absolutely. So um, basically, um, okay, the service starts in the morning. So when we open the bar at 12 o'clock, for example, like today, um, the supervisors or the manager comes like uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay. So we go through um, together with the hostess. So meaning uh, you, you are the manager? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we have the hostess as well. They start the same shift. So the hostess basically go through uh, all the bookings of the day, okay. VIPs. And sorry, mm. just to, so I'm clear, hostess is the person who's going to also in, uh, stand at the registration yeah. and get the, custo- because, the customers yeah, and yeah. make them sit. Exactly. Okay. Because it. we have also in our team, we have also a team of hostess. Got it. That they are literally uh, dedicated to greeting the guest, dealing also with the booking or all the inquiries, Understood. of course, uh, of course, together with the management, so a manager or supervisor of the day. So together with the, the hostess, I go through um, the list of VIP, okay. mm, the booking, if there are any special requests, uh, I start preparing just uh, the report of the day, just with the, uh, the, the list of the VIP that I need to um, uh, How put do in you the know someone's VIP? Well, in the booking, we have uh, some... Uh, already um, guest highlighted as a VIP, perhaps because our from our hotel manager or from the management of the hotel um, or from the reservation team highlighted um, as a VIP Understood. or like a, um, I don't know regular guest. Okay, um, and then of course uh, the most important is just to make sure that floor team, bartenders, barback, hostess, they are all ready uh, for the opening at twelve o'clock. Now, of course, the most challenging is the bartender. Okay. Because the bartender has uh, three hours. He or to... she comes at 12 as well? Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, no, they come at 9 o'clock in the morning. So, they have uh, three hours to set up the bar, prepare everything in order to be ready at 12 o'clock. Um, the same time, the bar back team, usually in the morning, is one or even two, okay. two in the weekend, because they just not just like supporting the bartender with the opening, physical opening of the bar, but also collect the requisition for the beverage from our cellar, um, fruit, Got it. and all the deliveries that we receive. Um, um, so it's actually it's quite uh, challenging for them the, the three hours before the opening. I know it sounds quite a lot, but three yeah. hours is not, not considering that it's, I mean, our bar is probably produce, uh, I mean, we need to make sure that we have a setup for, uh, I don't know, um, I don't know, Friday or Saturday, which are our busiest day. We'll probably prepare something like maybe uh, eight uh, to 900 cocktails, maybe in one day. Two bartenders? Yeah, I mean, one bartender in the morning and maybe one in middle shift and two in the evening, so in four bartenders. And and that sort of volume, uh, three hours is becoming a challenge, right? Like to prep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, um, for the service, we just want to make sure that we have everything prepared according to the standard, but also... Uh, what we create for each uh, position in the department, I mean, bartender, barbeck, hostess, supervisor, and floor, we created some uh, opening and closing checklist. Please elaborate that. So, um, opening checklist, it means that the bartender or the waiter, the supervisor, the hostess, they come in the morning, I mean, for the opening shift, um, they have a list, a precise list with also some picture of what they have to do in order to be ready for the opening of the department. Now, because I'm a no big fan uh, of like uh, papers, yeah. uh, you know, printed, yeah. uh, thanks to the, our IT department, uh, since last year now, our checklist, they are totally digital. So uh, we managed to create a QR code uh, where 
all the checklists are on QR code. So uh, when the, the, the team members, they come in the morning, they just scan the QR code with their phone. They have the entire checklist on their phone. They just like uh, uh, follow step by step. Yeah. Once they complete it, I can pull out a report uh, for all the checklists, who did what, uh, what time and which day. And they have to submit every day, right? Every so, day. So that way you make sure that they are going through each yeah. and everything. Because it's a matter of consistency. And yeah. also because I believe that also from my experience when you are confident with something uh you tend to also forget because when you do things like a, in as a routine is when you tend to forget things that's why i create the checklist so, so if i had to ask you what what does your bartender's checklist look like you know i think that would be a great value what what are the points in that okay so uh, first of all this is the first step of their checklist they have an additional qr code that is for the um health and safety for a hazard spot. So basically, if there are any like uh, hazard, for example, like a wet floor or spillage of oil or any other like liquid that can be dangerous, I mean, they can cre like create uh, an hazard or any other things in the bar that maybe they are not uh, safe for the service okay. and also for the for the safety or uh, of the guests and the, uh, and the staff. This needs to be reported in this like a short checklist. It takes like two Got minutes, it. okay? Uh, after that, the, in their checklist, basically they have, uh, well, um, first of all, they have a picture of how it's supposed to be set up the bar section. So okay. the ice section, the section for the juices, the section for the syrups and the homemade preparation, the section of the pre-batches with all the labels. Nice. So uh, there is a visual as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is how it visual. should be. So this it. is how, because at least uh, whoever comes behind the bar yeah. uh, or even myself or even a colleague, yeah. every time they set up. It's a standard. So, yeah, it's a standard. Yeah. So they know exactly what to grab because True. this is, is, is going to be like this every time. True. Uh, and then, of course, also how visually the bar is presented because okay. um, uh, our bar has six stools, so because we want also the guests to sit at the bar, yeah. but we just want to make sure that the bar is also it looks also nice because and we know that uh, sometimes some guests they like to sit at the bar and they just order looking at the bottle display True. and it's important that we show that the bar is always organized, clean, uh, and also all the products are displayed because it's like a shop. Understood. Uh, it's yeah, like a yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's. The third thing, visuals. Yeah. And then uh, they have a list of and the quantity of all the products that we need to have in the bar, starting from the fruit, um, decorations, garnish, um, powders, uh, flowers, everything in a quantity, even in a quantity from Monday to Wednesday, which are those days that when we open from four o'clock. So we have a limited like operation. So basically, uh, they also have like a part when there is a, a list with all the quantity of all ingredients uh, and the preparation they need. For example, for this syrup, uh, you need two bottles. Um, for this, uh, I don't know, um, mango. So I believe that's called minimum inventory level checklist, yeah, right? Yeah, ever. But also is divided in Monday to Wednesday, which are the days when we open from ah. four o'clock. So we have a limited operation. So Friday would be something more quantity. Thursday to Sunday, because we open from 12 o'clock, they have a different quantity, a different amount. Okay. Understood. And this is for each station behind the bar. Um, of course, each station, if you take a picture, is exactly the same like the other one, as, yeah. I, mentioned, uh, as I mentioned before. Um, and also, 
because we want to, I mean, uh, be like also consistent, we, uh, we just want to make sure that the fruit is also always cut like in the same way. Uh, the garnishes are also like presented in the same way. Mm -hmm. So for example, the lemon wedge, we always cut like in the same way uh, because, I mean, it's a matter of consistency, okay? Um, also, uh, we have all the equipment uh, and the tools behind the bar. Is, is there someone else cross-checking this as well? Like, let's say a bartender can just do it but do you cross check <clears throat> sometimes yes sometimes yes sometimes also I, I like to check uh, uh, the report and see uh, uh, if they they've done like the checklist uh, almost every day or Not they it. haven't done it sometimes of course uh, and this is like uh, the problem that uh, the younger generation maybe they don't understand maybe they don't do simply because they know uh, after you know after a few months they know how is like the opening but this is the moment when Sometimes they forget even important things. I say, ah, oh, I forgot to prepare it. And they say, have you done the checklist? Yeah. I say, no, no, I haven't done it. I say, you see, this is why we have the checklist. True. The checklist is for that, even myself, um, for everyone. Because, yeah. again, it takes you two minutes to check. But those two minutes, they help you maybe to avoid a problem later in the service. There could be also a problem that could compromise the experience of a guest. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simply. And uh, any other things like what about the clo uh, attire, clothes, or any other things uh, which are there in your checklist? Yeah. So well, of course, uh, here at Shangri-La, uh, the shard we are a little bit more flexible in terms of, uh, uh, let's say, grooming, but still like five stars. So okay. um, we, of course, we allowed um, our colleagues, for example, to groom their beard as long as they keep it nice. Okay. okay. Um, we also, uh, some of them, if they have tattoos, uh, they can uh, mainly on the arm and not perhaps on the neck, but if they have some tattoos, they can show them. Okay. okay. So we are a little bit more relaxed. I remember when I started working in, in a five star hotel, I was just absolutely full, like shaved, yeah. no piercing, no earrings, not even like a small tattoo, nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's a kind of like old school. So now the, the, the things are changing. But of course, we just want to make sure that even if we are a little bit more flexible, you can still show a kind of like a grooming standard and also like uh, um, let the people understand that, uh, okay, we are probably a little bit more like a modern approach, but still with the, you know, with our core like uh, a value of uh, yeah, for yeah. the grooming, but also for the place where we are. Super. Uh, back on the, you know, on the closing uh, side, we'll go on the strategies to improve uh, wine, uh, beverage sales. I was going to say wine sales, yes. you know, overall. So if you were given a task, let's say your bar director or your food and beverage manager says, you know, Luca, you have 90 days. You know, no matter what, let's let's grow by five percent the yeah. top line. You know, what what are the immediate things you would do? Okay, so uh, first of all, what I can do, I can see if I got the opportunity to create some stuff incentive for the for the upselling. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if I want to identify the few brands that maybe for that month. Uh, um, I can perhaps like uh, upsell. Got it. Uh, I can contact the brand because with some brand we have also a very good relationship and maybe they are interested, um, especially nowadays, I know many brands that are really interested in um, supporting this kind of like approach. Yeah. If I say, listen, I would like to, for the next uh, two months, uh, to push the sales of your, uh, of your uh, product. Are you keen to help? Uh, yeah. Can we do something together? And uh, 
90% of the time, yes, the brand, yes, they yes. said, absolutely, let's organize like uh, an internal competition. The person that is going to sell more of this product at the end of the two months, yeah. I'm happy to give them, I don't know, um, an, a, a bottle of the product or maybe, um, I don't know, a voucher for a dinner yeah, like or drinks. Yeah, a $100 whatever. MX card or whoever sells yeah. highest. And this one, of course, <laughs> at the end, uh, makes like uh, the staff happy, yeah. the brand happy, but also myself, I'm like, happy for that because Correct. of that. Uh, also, in terms of like, um, and this is something I really learned, here in Shangri-La, if I really need to increase like the sales, um, perhaps of some specific items, um, as we work with OpenTable as a booking platform, uh, the good things of OpenTable is that you can create experiences. So experiences are basically like uh, packages that you can create in OpenTable. Um, and these are uh, packages that the people can pre-book in advance, ah, okay? Uh, it is important that when you create these experiences, you create a nice description, maybe some picture, so the people get interested. And when you have these kind of experiences, uh, for example... It's a very Bong good point, yeah. Like special in, occasions and... Yeah, we have it. Started with champagne and yeah, then... Yeah, we have exactly like that. We have two of these. Uh, one basic one called Champagne with a View and one called Deluxe Window Experience. They, they are... Uh, you can pre-book on, on OpenTable and we are literally have uh, plenty every day. Nice. Like this, uh, so you know already what kind of service you're going to provide, what is the people's expectation. You know exactly uh, what you're going to serve because these packages, they have a bottle of champagne, a selection of food, so the chef knows already how many you're going to have in a day. Yeah. Um, and they help you because the service is very easy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess they're very happy because they enjoy the view. They have a table like next to the window. Yeah. They have champagne. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Even um, on the websites, they can do even if they're not using open yeah. table, this kind of packages, right? And profitability, it's great. Yeah. Profitability is great. And also, when you create this experience, you can run for one month, two months, mm. six months, or one year. And, and maybe you can just create for a specific product that perhaps you want to push for that year, yeah. the sales or, the, or just the volume. Uh, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed anything which is really easy to upsell? Like 90%, you know, you have got a yes because it's just something which people would just say yes. I would say champagne. Oh, yeah? Champagne. Uh, because he is, uh, uh, especially uh, now that you are getting back to a kind of like normality, the people is like probably celebrating more True. and more this like uh, uh, back to normality. So champagne, especially for the for British people, you know, champagne is, has been always like, uh, uh, the, you know, like... Uh, the the main um, way to celebrate like a special occasion or whatever True. so champagne when they ask you for a champagne and maybe they ask you for a recommendation of course it's really important to not just start already with uh, super expensive uh, brands because yeah. it doesn't make sense but if perhaps they said okay i would like to start with an entry level so yeah. maybe our house champagne which is absolutely fine but maybe after that, they they would like another bottle and you can just say okay madam sir why don't you try this one which is uh, um, it's a very good champagne, but perhaps a little bit more like refined with a little bit more like uh, complexities and aromas. Yeah. Maybe it's only £10 more expensive. So for them, uh, it's not a big, uh, uh, how can I say, difference. For us, of course, if I do this one 20 times in a day, in yeah. the end of the day, it, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a difference. In yeah. the end of the year, it's a difference. So I always said my, to, to my team, uh, even £5 uh, upselling, but if you do each one of you yeah. for each table or even just for five or, or, or ten tables every day by each one of you, in the end of the day, it's maybe £1,000. In the end of the month, it's £30,000. In the end of the year, 
uh, it's it's quite a lot of money. I, I think hotel owners will start approaching you, Luca. You just <laughs> help them by saying this. Yeah, every every penny counts. Uh, <laughs> last one is what uh, are the trending spirits or what what is the trends that you're seeing in the London market? Uh, whiskey. Uh, whiskey. I think uh, whiskey, not just like a Scotch whiskey, but whiskey in general as a category. We can see um, American market. So now also that we see also the returning of the American uh, people, like in UK. So also uh, there is like more demand of uh, uh, American whiskies. Of course, the Scotch whiskey. Uh, it's a category that I think uh, has been like a slowly, slowly but steadily growing more. Um, of course, like the agave uh, base spirit, so True. mezcal. At the same time, unfortunately, there is also a big shortage of this product, like globally, but especially in uh, UK, of, uh, in Europe. Mezcal? Um, uh, tequilas in general. Oh, yeah? um, so unfortunately, we had uh, for the past few months uh, to uh, adjust our list and also our menu because many products coming from Mexico, uh, they were, uh, uh, there was no supply uh, or they were out of stock for different reasons. Um, so, but definitely it's a category that uh, is Got constantly less growing. Um, and uh, well, of course, because we are in, uh, we are in London uh, gin. Uh, gin. What about non-alcoholic drinks? Have you seen growth there? Yeah, that is like a massive, like a massive, a growth massive, massive growth. Uh, just I remember, uh, uh, just compared just to two years ago, how many brands of non-alcoholic products were in the market, and now, so now you could definitely run a separate menu just of non-alcoholic product, or maybe a list of literally uh, I don't know non-alcoholic product uh, by themselves, because now you can. Uh, you have the opportunity to choose. So you can choose the non-alcoholic product you want based on the flavor profile. Yeah. I mean, three or four years ago, probably you have, I don't know, four or five just, and now you have probably 30 or more. And most of them with a very specific like uh, uh, profile, uh, very good quality. Of course, you miss like the, let's say the kick that the, the alcoholic product gives yeah, you yeah. that comes from the alcohol. But there are some of them that they, are, they, they have such a complexity in terms of aroma and structure nice. that probably you, you, you won't realize, I mean, if one day you want to just have like a non-alcoholic uh, drink, uh, because they, they, they really, they really probably work. They've got work. the essence to get you like yeah. high. Yeah. yeah. Super. So uh, closing tips for uh, you know, bartenders uh, on how they can improve their skills. Well, studying, uh, definitely this is, uh, I think, is the first uh, recommendation I will give to everyone. Never stop uh, studying, never uh, think that you have like reached like the top because this is uh, not the way to grow. Uh, and of course, like uh, if you uh, just looking for uh, like a new job or new opportunities, of course, the money are important, but it's, I think the project and the vision uh, and also the feeling that you have is the most important because if you don't feel inspired, but if you just look at the money, uh, it's not going to be a long-term uh, solution.